Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seaview Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareka. We are cosmic beings, beings of light. A single moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time that we receive one of those moments. We are honored, overjoyed, privileged, and humbled. We serve in your presence. Our shows are held on Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, 9 a.m. Pacific. At any moment to participate on one of our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. All podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco, cview 1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or use Take My Call and for $11 you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11 and then please p.m. or email Claudia Pareco with the phone number you'll call the show at cview1111 at gmail.com Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Thank you, Danny, and welcome everybody to CBU's today's show, Seeking Divinity, with the topic, The Root Chakra, Muladhara by Sati Chappelle. We want to also thank Cyclone for the song we feature today, A New Dawn, part of his new album, Sakura, which is available in all online music stores and platforms. And now, repeat after us. I am grounded. My spirit is grounded deep in the earth. I am calm, strong, centered, and peaceful of fear and trust that I am eternally safe. I am worthy of all things beautiful. During today's show, we're going to talk about the root chakra. We're going to talk about its location, the functions, and the ways to keep it healthy. And for that, let's bring Sati to the show so she can explain us more about this topic. But remember that if you want to be part of the Chakra Intensive Online Certification or the Online Tarot Certification Program. You can sign up now. They're coming up this summer. And you can go to Sati's website, SeekingDivinity.com, and sign up for these programs. And now, Sati, to the show. Hey, Sati, welcome. 
Good morning, sweet friend, and good morning, dear listeners. I'm so happy that you guys came to visit with me again today. I hope everybody is well. We are actually getting ready to have another snowstorm out here in Colorado. Wow. (laughs) Spring and Colorado. Anyway, uh, how's everything with you, Miss Claudia? All good? Yeah, we are actually having, um, we are in North Carolina, and over here, it is hot. So it is so funny how the the same day can mean some difference depending on where you are. And we're going to be having callers from Arizona, Georgia, New York, and California, and everybody is having, it's like you have your own little world where Things happen to you that are unique. And at the same time, we all are part of the same. I agree wholeheartedly. And actually, that explains very well and very easily the chakra system. Funny that you said it that way. Because it really <laughs> does. <laughs> um, it really does. Like each chakra exists on the same day but may have different experiences may be open to different levels. And I really want to kind of chat about all of that today. I, I, I want to bring in some of the overview of the chakra system in a small way so that we're all kind of on the same uh, page today, if that's okay. That's perfect. And I'm going to just let know, to let know, I'm going to go take some calls. And I'm gonna Great. we're gonna bring those people with those questions when you let me know. Thank you, Sati. Okay. Thanks, honey. So again, hello everyone. I um want to start by saying the word is chakra. <laughs> and the majority of people in the United States, actually even in the West, say chakra. And um, I I understand that. I understand why they think so. But um, in actuality, the the Sanskrit word is chakra. And so it's that hard CH. Um, And, you know, it's important that we say the Sanskrit words correctly because they carry a specific energy. And that energy is going to either run its course the way it's supposed to and go through the lines of energy in your body that it's supposed to go through um, easily. Or if we don't quite say it correctly, then oftentimes it kind of runs amok. So um, it's always good to have the correct pronunciation of things. So, you know, these chakras are not derived by America, the United States, Europe, They actually come from India, and a lot of people may not realize that. Um, That's why they're all, you know, spoken of in in several different dialects, but the main dialect in India that is spiritually derived is Sanskrit. And it's interesting because a lot of people say Sanskrit. So, you know, (laughs) there again, we have a little bit of a difference with pronunciation. And Sanskrit is a universal language, and beyond that, it's a spiritual, very, very energetic language. So whereupon um, 
the majority of the languages of the world came from Sanskrit. They have their root in Sanskrit. Um, this language being an energetic language that we have kind of gotten away from over the course of human history. We are not necessarily as connected to the high spiritual energy that we used to carry. And that's something that we are returning to. So it's kind of an interesting thing to me that Sanskrit is reemerging globally um, from what was once considered a useless language, something nobody would use anymore, to something that is now being globally taught, uh, mostly through yoga and, and other spiritual, um, Indian-based spiritual uh, teachings. But thought I would start off with this, just saying those quick few things. Um, we learn a whole lot about the chakras in various texts, what they call scriptures from the past, that were written by ancient yogis, adepts, ancient rishis. The rishis were the seers. They really lived in two very main chakras. Um, they lived in the root chakra, the muladhara, and the agnya, which we spoke of last week, which is the third eye. And as seers, um, they really were connected to that third eye chakra. They were able to see all kinds of things. They actually, thousands of years ago, saw the inside of the physical body on not just a physical level, but on an energetic level as well. And they were able to see things like the distance that existed between the earth and the sun and the earth and the moon. And, you know, I mean, some of these things that in today's world were like, really? And they actually got that information right? How did that happen? Well, how it happened is they learned it spiritually. And, you know, this is kind of important because if we're really wanting to understand the chakra system, we want to understand that it is a model of consciousness. And beyond that, it, it, it tells us as individuals where we are at in our own um, ability to be conscious as well as on our spiritual evolutionary track. And that's interesting. I find that fascinating. So one of the texts that we learn a lot about the chakras from is the Dhyana Parava text. And like I know I'm throwing a bunch of Sanskrit at you in the moment, and I'm going to stop that here in about three seconds, so don't dismay. But um, this text talks a lot about the chakras. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of subsequent texts um, and a few earlier texts, quite honestly, that spoke of it, um, meaning it being the entirety of the, the chakra system. But not all of the ancient rishis saw things the same. And I want to speak to that for just a moment because I think it's really indicative for where we are at as humans and in our evolutionary cycle and in our level of consciousness that we are expanding and let's say rapidly so since 1970s 1960s um, so one of the things about this is that the ancient rishis all saw odd numbered chakras meaning 
they saw a system of five. This was pretty predominant in the early days. There were not seven chakras that they saw. They saw five, and it was that way for hundreds of years. And then they saw seven, and then they saw nine, and that's the odd number that I was speaking of. And um, I find this interesting because I, I know that, you know, India has been uh, dominated by males for a very, very long period of time, and the odd numbers of chakras are all masculine. So, for example, sake, the very first chakra, the one we're going to speak of mostly today, um, the Mool Adara, which is a more accurate way of saying it, is the first chakra, which is an odd number. Odd numbers in the chakra system are always masculine, and the even numbers are always feminine. So it's kind of funny when you look at it through that lens, through that perspective, that you see that they saw five chakras, which would be, you know, again, masculine. Um, so let's kind of look at that for just a moment. The five chakras that they originally saw were the root, the third chakra, which is right at the diaphragm um, underneath the rib cage, the heart chakra, the um, third eye center, which is at the brow, and the crown. And, you know, they were pretty consistent with that. All of the rishis saw it pretty much the same way. Um, they all started seeing this somewhat around the same time. Um, it's almost like, in my opinion, and this is my opinion purely, that their inner eyes were all opened simultaneously in time, in time, simultaneous being like over a period of a couple of hundred years. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, to this inner energetic system that connects all of the lower bodies, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the um, physical, um, the auric body, the energetic bodies, you know, the catharic templates, like all of these different bodies um, that we all carry. And they all saw them as kind of, I want to say it this way, but this may not be completely accurate, but for example's sake, they all kind of saw them light up at the same time. And I, I really disagree with that in, in actuality. I believe that various chakras for all humans were lit to varying degrees at various points in history. And all of a sudden, again, over a period of a couple hundred years, the rishis all started to kind of take note of this through their meditations and their work through their third eye, the inner sight, that allows you to see on these different levels that are not purely confined to the physical. And from that place, we see that over time, more and more chakras came online. And I find that either highly coincidental or maybe as they learned about them, they went, oh, well, there probably should be one over here. Or maybe they saw it over there. I'm trying to be a little cynical here just to capture everybody's concepts. Or maybe it was that, you know, like for a long time, we only could operate out of those first five chakras that were seen, the root the third chakra, um, which is the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, and the third eye and crown. And I say it that way because I think that 
um, even in my profession, I've been working with the chakras ardently for over 35 years, um, close to 37 now. And, you know, seeing them in myself first and working with them there and working with my daughters and working with my lovers or my husbands or my, you know, family members and or then going into it professionally. And over the years watching, I've seen this interesting evolution occur. I've seen, um, granted, all along, I have seen some people that have three chakras working and some that have 12 and some that have two and some that have six. And, you know, I mean, it, it very it really depends very much on the own on the individual's own consciousness level, their level of awareness in the world, on all these different levels of being, meaning physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and some of these other subtle layers. But I also think that again, since the sixties, humanity has been going through a rapid expansion consciously and otherwise, spiritually, energetically, in, in immense ways, Technolog technologically. Um, and I really feel like the chakra system on an overall scale is reflecting that, meaning that back in the day, the Vyanabharata texts spoke of a 12 chakra system, and it was the ideal to strive towards. But they also saw the most, most of people wandering around with these five chakras. So that meant seven were closed. Seven were not in operation, right? And so they were saying, hey, this is how you can open those up, work with them. Now, today, even today I see so many more chakras working in the majority of people, even from 35 years ago when I first started looking at people's chakras. I saw the majority of people had three or four open. Honestly, the case. That's how I saw it. Today, however, I see the majority of six to ten. Probably more honestly, more accurately, six to nine chakras. And, and this is like across the board. That's a huge, either huge leap in consciousness or a huge leap in awareness of the chakras themselves, which is the case for sure. Because we know that as the emergence of yoga um, has, has prolificated across the world from the early uh, 1900s, we know that this chakra system has been taken to every corner of the earth along with Sanskrit. We know that people that never worked with chakras before started working with them. My mother is a perfect example. Um, she has passed now about seven, eight years ago. But, you know, towards the end of her life, she would say to me, I think my blah, blah chakra is working more specifically these days. And I'd be like, I don't know who you are, but I love you. You are awesome because that was not the woman I ra was raised with or was born to. So, you know, I mean, we all have had these experiences. We've all brought chakras into our understanding, and I think that is a direct reflection of the um, level of awareness that we as humans actually carry in the now. So... 
switching over to make sure that I'm not missing anything before we uh, move on. Why don't we take a caller right now before I move on, and uh, then we'll bring everything together. Is that okay, Ms. Claudia? That is perfect. So we have California, Georgia, or Arizona. What do you want to take first? Ooh, boy, those are all great places. Um, mm -hmm. Hard to say. I will say I'll let you pick. Okay, so let's go with Keisha in Georgia. Hi. Hey, how are you down in Georgia where my family lives? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you ladies? Oh, we are wonderful. It's a good day. Yeah, I wanted to ask about um, my chakra, um, um, and is this something I could do to, um, I guess, uh, assure that it's open, or how would I know? <laughs> how do you know when they're open? You know, that is such a wonderful question. Um, are you speaking specifically of the root chakra? Well, all of them, but, yeah, I definitely want to – um, you know, make sure my root chakra is open because, you know, that's your money chakra, right? Is that correct? <laughs> so I want to make sure it's open to receiving. I want to make sure it's open to receiving. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. it's a matter of perspective. Yeah, show it's me the money. Easy. Yes. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's, it's a matter of perspective as to whether that is your root chakra or not. The chakra for all manifestation is the third, which is the solar plexus, the one found underneath the ribs. And so oh. from a literal standpoint, where you create everything comes mm -hmm. from the third. But that being said, you know, if you have a lot of fear or um, a lot of um, ungroundedness, like you're just kind of off in the ozone, <laughs> Um, if mm -hmm. your root chakra is not supporting you, which is its job, then, you know, you might find it hard to make money, or you could make it, but then you can't keep it. Mm -hmm. It goes down the drain, right? So it's a matter of perspective, but I would say that you, you can definitely think of it that way. So let me look at your chakras really quick. Okay. Um, your name is Keisha, is that correct? It's Keisha. It's Keisha. Keisha, I am so glad that you corrected me because, as we learned earlier, pronunciation yeah. is important. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let me look, sweetie. So the root chakra is sputtering. Let's see. Second is not quite fully open. Third is open, interestingly enough. Fourth is open. Fifth comes and goes. Sixth, not quite. Um, so let's go back to the first for just a moment. Um, the first one being sputtering, that tells me that it's really trying to come online. And I want you guys to kind of think of this as like an inhale and an exhale. Or in the springtime, which is a great time to speak of this, the flowers open, right? That is very indicative of these chakras. These chakras will open. They oftentimes were seen as, as lotus flowers, um, and then they all close again. And, you know, sometimes that's in a single hour or maybe in a single breath or in a single week or in a single 
year or a lifetime or what have you. And it really has to do with a whole bunch of things as to whether they are going to stay open or not. When I see something that's sputtering, it's, it means to me that it's something that is really trying to come online on more of a permanent level. And it kind of makes me think of something like, <laughs> you know, almost like it's mm-hmm. itself, like it's trying mm-hmm. to get all of the, the stuff that might not allow it to fully open out of the way so that it can remain open on a sustained basis. And if you have really been trying to work with it to help your money situation, that would make sense to me that it's sputtering a bit because maybe it's choking because a little bit of that responsibility level of, oh, boy, I better open up and start working well for her so she has the money she needs, but also, you know, from the standpoint of just simply being able to remain like on a sustained level, open. And I want to say that, you know, you've had some real issues with stability in this life. You've had some yeah. challenges and, and um, you know, you've not always felt safe and you've not always felt supported. And there have been quite a few, especially early on, bigger fears that really kind of in some ways engulfed you. And that also is going to tell me that this is sputtering and why it's sputtering. Because, yes, you have taken care of a lot of those things, but we need to take care of it energetically. So I'm going to give you a quick thing that you can do that every day you can do that will help yourself. And actually I'm going to give you two things. I would suggest that you go to a cloth store, maybe a Joann's Fabric Supply or something like that, somewhere where you can buy a piece of cloth that's not too big. Maybe it's the size of, I don't know, like a, a 16 by 18 or, you know, something like that. That's a, just a red cloth that you'll put, you'll cut in the form of a circle and you'll stick mm-hmm. it on the floor on the outside of your bed. And every morning when you stand up out of that bed and you step into that circle, you mm-hmm. step into that root chakra. You step into that activation. You step into that functioning of the root chakra on a sustained basis. This will really trigger so many things on a positive level for you. I can't even begin to tell you, but it's going to really help. The other thing that I would say is that I would suggest that when you pray or when you meditate, and if you don't meditate, you know, try to do so for a little while to get this more stable so that your life Mm -hmm. and your money flow can be more stable since that's your primary concern today. Um, Yeah. You know, picture in your mind a red energy existing where you sit, both inside the center of your body and then extending all the way down into the core of the earth. And just Picture that in your mind. It doesn't have to be real. This is not about what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Um, So Mm -hmm. don't worry about that. It's about using your imagination to envision this as reality. And by centering it with the, the earth, you create stability pretty quick. It's kind of a trick. (laughs) So, you know, for a little while. You don't even have to do it very long, maybe a minute per day. Just set aside a minute 
every day to just close your eyes and to envision this and then to go on about your day. You know, if you want to do it in the morning, that's awesome. If you do it at night before you go to bed, your dreams might be very different for a while. Um, and if you don't dream, you might find that that doesn't help the situation. Um, but if you do dream, you'll find that they will be very interesting. You'll dream a lot about basements and parking lots and, you know, earth bases and <laughs> caves and stuff like that. <laughs> go with it. It's not a big deal. It's just, it's just an FYI, right, so that you don't go, what the heck is mm-hmm. going on? All right, okay. so I would yeah. love to talk to you more about this if you wish. So please feel free to email me at sati, S-A-T-I, at seekingdivinity.com, and I'll okay, help you out further. I definitely further. will do that. I definitely do that. Thank you both so much. Thank you. You're welcome, darling. Thank you for calling today. Thanks. Thank you, Kaisha. So back to our subject, you know, these chakra systems, all of them um, are, are based on energetic frequencies, and these are electromagnetic frequencies. So in essence, why they have been given the rainbow flash prism color scheme of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, is because colors in a literal scientific light wave perspective carries um, an electromagnetic frequency, an energetic frequency. um, And some of these waves are long and some of these waves are short. And they all coincide perfectly with the natural energy of the chakra system that ascends the spine. So for example, the root chakra is red. And that has both the longest wavelength, the longest um, light wavelength, and also has the slowest moving energy out of all of that. And that's kind of interesting, don't you think? Considering the fact that it is the base, it is the root, it is very earthy. And everything that is of solid matter, like the earth, vibrates at a very, very slow, slow level and has long waves. So, you know, again, these ancient rishis were like brilliant. I can't get over it sometimes when I think of people 5,000 years ago looking at all of this and going, oh, yeah, that makes sense, which, you know, today we're like, oh, my God, how did they know about light frequencies because there was nothing around to measure that. So really fascinating stuff when you get into this. Um, Let's see here. Uh, It is also sometimes because it is the longest and slowest um, energy on a color level, um, the root chakra can be the one that takes kind of the longest time to work through, meaning it's the longest one that, um, it's the one that takes us the most time to really get well-grounded and and stabilized in. And again, that's because when the vibratory rate is low, it takes a whole lot longer to either 
change that and get that to a higher rate, get it moving. Or you could look at it as it takes a whole lot longer to really understand all that's going on in there, enough to be able to create change. The energy just moves at its own little turtle pace. And, you know, for a little while until you really can get a hold of that and, and let's say, for lack of a better way of saying it, be the master of that, it's going to move as it's going to move. And there's not much you can do about it. So let's take in comparison the seventh chakra, which is at the crown, the very, very tippy top of the head. That moves like so, so super fast. Look at it on another level. The root chakra is comp comprised of four petals. Again, that means four energies. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Get back to that in a minute. But the crown chakra, on the other hand, has a thousand. So can you see how even just the symbolism indicates that something is moving so much faster or so much slower. And as a side note, I love to tell people this because it blows people's minds on the one hand and on the other hand, it's like so obvious. The crown chakra often is either a purple color or a magenta color depending on how somebody sees it. And um, it's funny because, you know, that's not too far from red. And when the higher self comes into the body and fully anchors and integrates into the body, guess which chakra it works with? The crown. That becomes the new root chakra for the higher self. So it's really important because we have this at opposite ends of the spine, right? And we have, or the nervous system, however you want to look at that. And, you know, they're similar colors. They have different frequencies, though, because of the white and the pink that is involved in purple or magenta that's not quite there in the red. The, white, the light wave is longer and moves much faster. Really interesting stuff, I think. Anyway, um, so let me um, tie something else in here or say something else really quick while we're on this subject. Not everybody sees their chakras the same way. Here in the West and, and in a lot of Europe in actuality, so not just here in the United States aspect of the West, um, we've all been kind of indoctrinated with this rainbow concept of each chakra has that color. And I want to say to you that's not 100% true. And when working with people's chakras, I like to keep in the back of my mind always that you and I may be very different. My root chakra may very much be red, for example, whereas Claudia's might be yellow. I never try to change that when I see it that way. It means that in a past life, Claudia may have done far more work on that root chakra than I did. And so when it comes online in this lifetime, it carries the nature and the energy and the vibratory rate of all of the work that she already did but I had not yet done. And so by me trying to change it back to red, I'm doing her an actual disservice. So please, if you see your chakras a different color than what it's quote-unquote supposed to be, leave it. 
Let it be what it is. It has an intelligence that is beyond our understanding. So allow it to show itself as it will show itself. Learn the chakra system model as it is presented with the rainbow colors because it's going to give you a baseline, an understanding, a point of, of jumping off. Also, through my course and through, you know, a lot of studies of these ancient texts, yogic and tantric in nature, some Buddhic um, texts, we learn that there are traditional corresponding colors. So when I said maybe um, Claudia's was yellow, I wasn't just grabbing that arbitrarily. There are, if, if the root chakra is not red, it will traditionally be either white or yellow or gold, for example. Um, I also want to say that these can change over time. So when I first started meditating, my heart chakra was green as is typical. And that was, you know, 30 plus years ago um, when I started really ardently working with my chakra system, even though I had seen it prior to that. It has not been that color since 1994. Um, it has morphed and changed in so many different ways. Um, and predominantly it is now more white-ish, but that changes year to year, sometimes day to day. So again, allow these things to present themselves to you as they will. So now let's get back to the energetic aspect. When we look at the root chakra and we see that it has four petals, last week we learned about the third eye chakra and that it had two petals. And this is really important because the two petals are indicative of the two nadis, N-A-D-I, and then I put an S on the end to pluralize it, which is true. Um, these nadi lines, which are like meridian lines or energy lines that run through your physical body, however many you have in a given junction, creates a specific size and functionability of a chakra based on the amount of energy that flows through, what type of naughty lines these are, i.e., are they the really super powerful ones or are they the little itty-bitty ones that kind of look like a little creek instead of like the Mississippi? Um, and, you know, they tell us something about the chakra itself. For example, there are no knotty lines that arise out of the third eye chakra. There are two knotty lines that terminate there, meaning they end in that center. And in actuality, they split off in that center. So they come together as one energy line and terminate or end in that center. And then they split off again and go into each nostril, which is beyond the, the, um, the limit of size of that chakra. Because that chakra is really kind of small. It packs a wallet, though. I mean, it does a whole lot of stuff. And, it, and is like one of the most powerful ones we have. But it's itty-bitty. So you can't judge it by size. 
Well, it's an interesting statement that I'm making that these naughty lines, these energy lines end there. Where do they come from then? Which chakra do they arise from? I'm going to let you guess. Come on, put on all your psychic hats right now. Be psychic in the moment and say it with me. The root chakra. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Y'all won. So it comes from the muladhara, the root center, these two guys. And actually, the one starts on the left side of the tailbone, and the other one originates on the right side at the very tippy, tippy, tippy tip of the tailbone. The root chakra encompasses everything from the front of the pubic bone to the very back of the tailbone and everything underneath. That whole space where the genitals are, including the anus, is called the, well, we're going to call it the perineum, which actually from a specific anatomical state runs between the vagina and the anus. But for our purposes, let's say that. Now, I want you to picture in your minds for me the front of the pubic bone, which is that bone that is most in front of you, but at the base of your torso, and the tailbone, which is opposite it, which is the one most in back of you, right, that you never see and hopefully you never fall on. I've broken mine before. Please don't fall on it. It ain't pretty. <laughs> then you also have the two sit bones that you literally sit on, hence the name, those are under each, each tush, but you also have the two hip bones. So those are on either side. So you want to think of this as kind of a square, right, with the point pointing forward and the other point pointing backwards, and then the two points on either side. And you want to think of this as kind of like a disc, like a CD that you're sitting on top of. So it doesn't run vertically, it runs horizontally, and this is really important because the majority of the chakras run vertically. This is the only one that runs horizontally, that we sit on literally, stems, then, up and down vertically. Now, I'm hoping not to make you crazy here. It's a disc, so you want to think of this as a CD, right, a video DVD disc, whatever, and you're sitting on it. Think of that as a portal, right? So even though it's flat and horizontal, like a coin, the portal is open. So that portal runs down into the earth and it runs up into your body and specifically up in your spine. So yes, it's horizontal, but it's also vertical, whereas the majority of all of the other chakras are positioned like this same disc, right? Like a coin, only on its edge. So they're all vertical along the spine, which means they point forward in front of you and backward behind you, but not up and down, until we get, of course, to the crown chakra, which does both, forward, backward, up and down. So now you can see how it is so intricately connected to the root chakra, why it is the higher octave of, from a musical scale, completely true, and the higher energetic level of, and the root where the higher self um, integrates into, right? 
Take a deep breath. These knotty lines that are the two that I was speaking of in the third eye chakra that terminate, that end there, they originate in the root chakra. I said that already. Guess what? There's two others in the root chakra. That's why we have four petals in the root chakra, and we have two petals in the third eye chakra because the petals tell us how many knotty lines, how many energy lines are actually running in that area, creating an intersection, which is what creates a chakra to begin with. Now, I want you to remember what I said about the crown chakra. Remember I said that was a thousand petals? Yikesy wawa, huh? Now we're talking about some serious energy running through that top of the head. Woof. A thousand naughty lines? Really? Whew. All right, Miss Claudia. I think this is a great time to take a caller. What do you think? I think so. So we can think about all of these naughty lines and what you just described. So let's go to Arizona. And let's bring Melissa to the show. Hi, Patel. How you doing? Thank you for taking the call. Hi, how are you? Oh, uh, progressing. That is a wonderful thing to hear. Fabulous. Good girl. Great answer. <laughs> what can I do for you today? Yes, um, I want to see if I can, uh, uh, if, if, if you if you can please uh to tune in to my uh family with my my um uh, four four of them my two siblings and then of course the parents um a, a blessing energy um I I need I need it I I should say need it I I I have to go back to do it you know check check on them and. I have my 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 siblings. My two siblings. Uh, they like they like to practice their behavior with me. They're uh, uh, bad, like nature. To make story short, to make story short, I I, I can't handle that. Um, it's just like if to make if I can have a blessing or anything that is needed, uh, I do pray. But I know the the faith in the in the God has is not strong enough due to the fact of health complications that they're having. Okay, so let me just make sure I have this clear, right? So you are looking for some kind of blessing that will help you work with um, your family and yet keep some clarity between you and them, correct? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. Yes, ma'am. Perfect. Easy, easy to accomplish. Ready? It's very easy. I am clear and I am blessed. And I am forging new pathways with my family. That's it. So simple, but yet so effective. And I know you are worried about them, you know, perhaps creating issues for you. But if you are clear and blessed, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Just allow yourself to interact with them and know that you are clear in yourself and you are blessed um, and taken care of. And that is all directly related to the root chakra. So 
Good question. Thank you. It's been a blessing and honor. Thank you. I feel the energy now as you're speaking. Excellent. I'm so happy to hear that, honey. Well, that came from your guide, so good luck with it. And um, I I believe that this is going to really help you out a lot. Thank you. I that hope you great. wrote that Thank down. You. If you didn't by chance write that down so that you can repeat it accurately, it's going to be on the radio show's um, recording that Claudia will put up later today. So just look for it on the show for today, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You're and so thank you for calling, Melita. All right. So, okay. I gave you a lot. I know I handed you a whole lot. But you know what I haven't yet handled you, handed to you guys is the root chakra. <laughs> we spent a lot of time kind of building up to this. So I better go there, and I better go there soon, right? Um, I think we might run a few minutes over today, Miss Claudia, especially if we still have um, another caller that's waiting. I would really like to get to that other caller if we can. But I'm going to just kind of move through this because I really want people to understand what the root chakra is about. And it's a really fundamental chakra. And I'll tell you, if you don't have this one down, if you don't have this one working well and balanced and stable in your being, the third eye tends to be a little goofy. It doesn't always work so well together. It's really important that these two chakras in particular work well together, especially considering that the energy lines of the third eye start in the root chakra. Remember we talked about that? So they're intimately connected, far more so than many other chakras. So we need to be able to honor this relationship. And if we want to be able to work psychically and work with our intuition and, and you know, our imagination and, and do all of these wonderful spiritual things, we cannot ignore the root chakra. So let's look at that for just a moment. It is all about grounding in the earth. It's at the, gro- the groin or the perineum, as I mentioned earlier. It has four petals. And these petals are not physical. So they don't want you to go looking inside going, where are my petals? <laughs> They're going to be energetic in nature, and it's a representation. The flower is a symbol of beauty. And in India, um, the lotus flower, of which all of these are, um, is all about purity and all about that um, divine nature. So that's why they're, they're always seen this way. And each petal, as we've learned, has to do with this line of energy, this naughty that comprises it, that then carries a certain energy, a certain Sanskrit vowel or letter, um, not the inert ones. They, there's four inert ones, but there's a whole bunch of ones that are active. And we'll have to talk about that another time. But it's one of the ways that you can activate these chakras by just saying the bija or the seed um, vowel just by speaking that. Um, And then, you know, this chakra deals with the bones and the legs, obviously the sex organs or genitals, the base of the spine, On an emotional level, it's going to deal with survival, 
greed, quite honestly, attachments. Oh, boy, because this is the one that we create a lot of attachments to the earth with. So that also means that, you know, like Ebenezer Scrooge was really attached to money in the stories. That was through his happy little root chakra. That thing was just working overtime, right? Heart chakra, not so much till the end of the movie. But that root chakra was going full bore, wasn't it? And then, you know, support or stability. And here's an interesting one, superstition, fear. If we can't get beyond our superstitions and our fears, you know, we're going to have a, a challenging time in life, having nothing to do with the chakras. But where some of these superstitions and fears are found is in the root chakra. Now, they're not all harbored there. For example, the fear of betrayal is enormous within the human race specifically. And that's housed in the heart chakra. So this is more like a fear in general kind of thing. Do I let fear rule me or, or run me or run my life? Or superstitions, you know, I knocked that thing of salt over. Oh, my God, there's a black cat. You know, I mean, is it, 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 are, are, that's more root chakra based. Whereas specific fears um, are going to be held in different centers. Now, granted, security, fear of being hurt or harmed in some way, or, of course, killer, which is, like, again, one of humans' greatest fears, those are actually found in the root chakra. So, you know, these deal with um, different, each chakra deals with different organs, too. So here we're dealing with more the sigmoid colon, which is the colon that everything goes through before it moves out the body. So something interesting to think of. The early stages of sciatica are found in this chakra, whereas sciatica in general, meaning when it's, when it's full-blown, is found in the second chakra. So some of these have like, you know, a dual thing going on being grounded, how you encounter others, how you, how you handle situations that you have never, ever encountered it ever before. <laughs> First time for doing something. That's all found here in the root chakra. So, you know, if it deals with the bones, it's going to deal with, like, bone disease, right, or bone health. If it deals with the genitals, it's going to deal with STDs or the lack of those. It's going to deal with, you know, some of your ability to eliminate, but not the full thing because the intestines run mainly through the second chakra, not the first. Uh, hemorrhoids, that kind of stuff, colon issues, that's all going to be here. Arthritis, you're going to find that in this chakra. So, you know, prostate issues, vaginal issues, like all of this stuff, broken bones, all of that is found here physically. Hardened fear, terror, issues of security, stability, um, lethargy or, or being sluggish, 
that's all kind of found on the mental emotional level of this chakra martyrism or being unfocused or inconsistent or unstable now it's you know i don't want you to think that it only holds negative stuff because it doesn't in its balanced place we are very stable we're very easily able to adapt to change and to move through change gracefully we are supported and supportive of others we're very focused we're goal-oriented we're hardy 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 people you know i mean think about it humanity and the general as a general rule has moved away from nature we are no longer living in nature we're not living in caves we're not living where we're touching the earth all of the time we're you know maybe in cement which is a form of earth meaning in houses and stuff like that we have wood there but generally we're off the earth by a couple of feet most of the time by the time you get done with the flooring and the foundation of the house and whatnot right unless you live in a tent <laughs> and so the grounding is very different as a species back in the day we were very well grounded and probably had pretty healthy root chakras not so much anymore but as we move farther and farther away from that groundedness right so we're not as hardy as we used to be humans used to be able to take anything weather through at them of course granted weather has gotten a little meaner over the years and decades and centuries but you know we're not so able to handle it as much as we used to people that have a good strong root chakra they love working and especially working like with their hands and working with the earth working with building things so you know I don't want you to think that this is just negative stuff here held in the root chakra I think that's why most people kind of run from the root chakra and they're like I want to play with all of the other ones that are all so much more fun and I'm like yeah well that's great but you're not going to be able to do that very well unless you really understand and and it and work with and balance this root chakra so one other thing here I want to leave you with before we take our last caller and that is that there is I, I mentioned two nadis that come out of this and we said we, there were four and those two ran up to the third eye and terminate there next show that we have next month in May we're going to talk about the Kundalini and the Kundalini energy is housed in the root chakra and it's housed in one of those happy naughty lines that I keep talking about that sounds like such a funny word right it's not naughty as an n-a-u-g-h-t why <laughs> um, it's n-a-d-i energetic line and this one is called the sushimna sometimes pronounced shishimna and it runs up the spinal cord from the base of the spinal cord and energetically from the base of the spine all the way up through the spine through the neck into um, the brainstem and brain throughout the nervous system it affects the nervous system both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems kundalini is found here we're going to talk about what kundalini is but let me just say it this way so i can leave you with some tantalizing carrot for next week or sorry next month before i take my last call 
And that is that this is the energy that takes you from being a normal, ordinary human being to a superhuman being. Not kidding. The full alignment and integration of the higher self and beyond that. This is the Christ itself. We just all experienced Easter to some measure, some of us more than others. And Kundalini is the Christed energy. It is that energy that flows through our being, connecting us with the divine on a very conscious level. And it is found here at the root chakra. So not something to diff, right? Now this root chakra hopefully has become more, a little more important in your mind. And when we sit down and we really talk about the kundalini and you learn about some more of these naughty lines and the energy that's held within them because they all have specific energy, each one. And there's 72,000 of them. Ha! We won't talk about all of those next class. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> God. But, right? If you understand the energy and how it flows and what you can do with it and what it governs, it really changes your reality. So, Miss Claudia, I hear your happy laughter. Do we have our third caller still, or, or did they have to take off? Yeah, we have two of them here, so we're going to have to pick. There's a number that okay. starts with nine, and there is a number that starts with eight. Oh, my goodness. What are you asking? <laughs> that I so number? Which number? Yeah, nine or eight. Oh, well, let's say that I can try to get both of them done in a few minutes, but let's go with number eight. Okay, so let's start with Francis and bring you to the show. Hello, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, Miss Francis. How are you, honey? Uh, well, I've, I've got some distress going on in my life. I've, I've I really relate to what you're saying. I'm really, really stuck in my root chakra, and um, I've got lots of health issues and emotional issues and a whole lot of stuff going on, and I was just wondering if you could give me some advice. Sure. Give me two seconds here just to kind of look you over, and thank you for calling. Well, I want to say that, yes, your distress is personal, and it is um, due to a lot of things. We can, we can call it, you know, present life. We can call it past life. We can, spiritual growth, I mean, pick a label. It probably applies. But I also want to say to you, Francis, that this is not just yours alone, when I asked the guides about it, they showed me immediately the earth, the world. You are picking up so much on collective consciousness and the issues of collective consciousness, and you don't know where your energy ends and that energy begins. And so you take it all as your own. And this is taking whatever personal issues you have and personal lessons that you have to learn and it are exacerbating them, making them far worse, making them far more challenging. So I'm going to suggest to you just to see if this is true. I mean, you'll find out pretty quick, right? Every morning when you awaken or when you go to sleep at night or both, you pick. 
say a little prayer in which you ask that you be disconnected from collective consciousness at this time. And then see what happens because I guarantee you that what you're going to find is that this weight that you're carrying, instead of it being like, you know, several hundred tons, it shifts down to a manageable size and you're like, oh my gosh, why do I feel so much lighter and so much better? And then you'll be able to see exactly what is yours and you'll be able to work with that and not be so scattered and not be torn all of the time and pulled in so many directions and you'll be able to create real effective change just by doing that. Try it out and see. And please, if you don't find this to be true within the next couple of weeks, like over the next couple of weeks, you got to give it a little bit of time, right? But it should, I mean, it could be instantaneous. It could take a little time. I want to, I want you to find that out on your own, but contact me, email me at sati at seekingdivinity.com. Remind me that we spoke of this and then we'll look at it again. But I'm just telling you, this is, what they're showing me, and I think that this is going to really take the load off so that you can see what you're actually dealing with, so that you're not literally dealing with the weight of the world, honey. Okay. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Remember, please contact me if you need to. Thanks Thank for calling, so Miss Francis. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, can we take our last caller or have they learn the cookie? She's here. Thank you for waiting, Catherine, in New York. Hi, thank you so much for this wonderful show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Miss Catherine. Yes, yes, and I, I love, I took one Kundalini yoga class, so I'm excited for next month, too. Um, I absolutely okay. love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yes, I well, what I can I do wonder- for you today? Yes, I'm starting a new project um, that begins with the letter R, and I wonder if um, I have any, I guess, uh, fear or blockage in my um, root chakra um, that I need to clear before moving forward so it'll be successful. Perfect question. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for waiting. Give me two more seconds so I can look at this for you, please. Well, there is this sense of security um, that I see with regards to it, but I want to say to you, honey, the thing that comes up as far more important is that there is a big fear of success. I Ah. think you don't, you know, I mean, you take things pretty well in stride, but I don't think you realize how much you might fear success. Like, how is that going to change you? How is that going to change your life? How is that going to change your relationships? How is that going to change your money? How is that going to change? I mean, do you see? <laughs> it's got, like, all yeah. this energy behind it that I'm speaking of. Like, 
are you, are you going to be the same person you want to keep that beautiful heart that you, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain things that we all like about ourselves, whether we admit that publicly or not. But I'm going to say, you know, you have this beautiful heart and you are really worried about losing it in the face of success. So it's like the sphere of success is what I see. And what I want to say to you is you have to trust yourself. This is one of the big lessons for you this lifetime, being able to trust yourself and to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what comes. I am stable in and of myself and who I am at the essence, at the core is who I am going to be throughout. And I'm only going to become more of that as time goes by. So success is actually going to bring that out in me, make me more of who I am, not detract from who I am. And that is that doesn't matter, meaning it, it, it's not dependent on money. Your success and your money are tied up intricately. So if you are successful in one way, you are successful in money. And it doesn't matter how much money you gain this lifetime, Ms. Catherine, I'm going to tell you now. You have to trust yourself to know that at the core of your being, this beautiful heart that is you is going to remain and, if nothing else, beam or shine more brightly. And, you, and that's like one of your main lessons this lifetime. So from a certain standpoint, I'm going to say to you that success and money is inevitable because if that's a main lesson and you have to learn how to be um, who you are in the face of success and monetary success specifically, then, you know, it's inevitable. It's going to have to happen. You can't dodge it, which is actually wow. really good. I yeah. wish, like, I know there are a bunch of people out there going, God, I wish you were saying that to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow thank you thank you wow i'm gonna meditate on that this time that sounds wonderful and do it from your heart space sweetie pie so you can see it in all its beauty wow yes thank and you thank you thank you, thank you. <sighs> Well, what a fun show today. I am so glad that we got to do this, Miss Claudia, and I know that next time we're going to chat about the Kundalini. Oh, people, put your seatbelts on for that one. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> and thank you for being here, Sati. And remember, everybody, if you want to be part of the Chakra Intensive Online Certification or the Online Tarot Certification Programs with Sati, you want to uh, put your name there. We are, she's going to start at this summer. You can find more information at SeekingDivinity.com or write to Sati at SeekingDivinity.com. Anything else that we should say, Sati? Well, I wish all of you such a beautiful day and week as we go further into spring and, and everything starts to bloom. Allow that to show you the blooming of your own chakras and look at your root. Take some time to ground down. Sit on the earth and meditate with your back against a tree. Boy, that'll ground you quicker than anything else I can tell you to do. And then... Look at your root chakras. 
see what it looks like. See if it's moving, how it's moving, if it's open, if it's not, if there's energy flowing freely through it, or if there might be areas where it looks a little dark or a little stuck or, you know, whatever. Allow it to teach you about itself because it can. All right, my friends, thank you so much for uh, joining all of us today, um, especially Claudia and I. And I'm wishing you all peace, stability, security, and beauty in this Earth's walk. Thank you so much for being with me today.